We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. It's that time of night, you can't stay up tight. So come and join the people and I'm feeling all right here on old. America. Yeah, here we are. Welcome back to Overnight America. I'm your host, Ryan Recker, and we are uh, live tonight up until midnight, and then the replay hours kick in. If you want to join us, if you want to talk about something you may have heard on the show or just anything in general, feel free to call in. We spent a couple of uh, hours there, and I was trying real hard not to get specifically political, and more or less, the discussion with China touched it briefly with the relations between other countries, the United States, things like that. But for the most part, we've we've tried to steer clear. I know that's going to change. If you have something else in your mind, don't let that stop you. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Too bad with uh, Dexter Fowler. I saw that come through and I heard it right there at the top of the hour news with Sean. So Cardinals and Angels announced a trade. Dexter Fowler is heading over to California. See, uh, Fowler in exchange for a player to be named later in cash considerations. So let's see, played 389 games for the Cardinals from 2017 to 20, had a career best 19 home runs, 67 RBIs, and then uh, during the 19 uh, or 2019 season, the Cardinals advanced to the National League Championship Series. He's 34, will be a free agent following 20. 20- 21. It says with tonight's trade announcement, the 40 man roster currently stands at 36. That includes outfielders Harrison Bader, Dylan Carlson, uh, Tyler O'Neill on there too. So Dexter Fowler on his way out. He'll be missed. He would have been fun to have along for this ride. This whole year is going to feel like a ride for Cardinal baseball. It really will. 314 436 7900 if you want to uh, call in. There's a few things I want to get to. And just today, we were talking more about the economy in Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has warned of tough months ahead. What does that mean? Tough months ahead, saying that we need to go big on this next relief package. Even the clip from Mitch McConnell there pointing out, we're just going to continue to throw money that's not directed specifically at where it should be directed. 
at least if we're going to be some if we're going to be responsible of how we're going to spend this COVID, at least directed in the right ways, as opposed to just spending, you know, two trillion at a time, just keep popping it out over and over again. The interesting thing is to see the amount of Republican support and maybe it may be a Republican in Mitch, uh, Mitt Romney that is supporting things like universal basic income, uh, essentially trying to find a way around it and use the uh, pandemic as a way to endorse it. That's troubling. You know, you see this and you think, oh, that would never happen. It's something that a lot of the progressives on the left have pushed. You saw Andrew Yang campaign on it. Bernie Sanders and some other high profile people are all for it. And now we're starting to see even Republican support and take advantage of the pandemic as a way to try to get it done. And what have we learned in the past when it comes to handouts like this? We learned that once you start it, it's very difficult to end it. So Joe Biden signaled his willingness to the $1,400 stimulus checks. I don't exactly know what the thresholds will be, but Janet Yellen has been out and said Congress should pass this $1.9 trillion relief package. Obviously, she's a member of the Biden administration, so she would be in support for something like that. I think Mitch McConnell and the Republicans that have shown the hesitancy to pass it the way it is, they're right to be hesitant and they're right to challenge this sort of thing. Janet Yellen, we do have a clip from her. We need to make sure that people have jobs. If they don't have jobs, that they're supported. And that when we come out of this and the economy rebounds, which we've got some tough months ahead until we get control mm -hmm. of the pandemic. But um, we want to make sure we've got a good, strong labor market can put people back to work and that these small businesses that need help. Uh, survive. Yeah. So I think you need to talk to President Biden to make sure he understands that as opposed to trying to close off as many opportunities for different industries as possible and make it more difficult for them to hire. Maybe you need to talk to uh, him about that sort of thing. But there is a huge amount of support. Apparently, two thirds of Americans, when given a poll, support this one point nine trillion dollar covid relief plan, which could be on the way out. I, again, the thresholds of who would qualify for it. If it's, you know, 75,000 for a household, 80,000 for a household, it's not exactly known. I think they signaled they're willing to drop it. But man, the original uh, Biden plan for 300 grand you could be making as a family and still qualify for money. Give me a break with that. All right. We got to we got to stop things like that. Another part of this update. Uh, Schumer now trying to take advantage of this even more, calling on the president to cancel student loans up to $50,000 of debt to your federal student loans. Uh, Congress wants to pass even up to $10,000 per bo borrower in student debt, depending on who you have it from. You know how uh, th what, what a bad thing this would be. Imagine that you are uh, holding student debt and then a company comes in and says, we'll drop your uh, interest rate. Just uh, switch over to us from the government. And they do that. And all of a sudden they're left out of something like this. But this shouldn't happen to begin with. This should be a non-starter. This shouldn't happen. If we're talking about COVID relief and you're trying to jam in other things like, hey, we're going to forgive 50 grand for those that have a loan that requested the loan, voluntarily got the loan and are on a plan to repay the loan? No, 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 no. This is a whole different deal. Um, the Biden plan is is still looking at different individuals on the checks. I really hope they don't consider this. I really hope they don't consider this. But there has been a lot of progressive pushes for it. What do you think about all of it? 
You think that the call to cancel student debt is a good idea? You think it's necessary to jam that in like they have tried to jam everything else into these COVID bills? And let's talk about Mitt Romney in proposing payments for families. Uh, uh, basically, a universal basic income is what he's trying to push for. Come on, Romney. You, you got to know better than some of these things. We'll talk about that coming up after the break, too. But really, let's open things up. Anything you want to talk about, it's the last show of the week. Don't let something fester. Don't let you get the little butterflies in the tummy. Oh, you never talked about it. Oh, I'm so mad you didn't spring this up or whatever. This is your opportunity to do that. It's one of those moments in the movies where the bride and groom are standing on the front, and then the pastor says, speak now or forever hold your peace. This is your opportunity for that. Otherwise, you can sit back, relax. I got you covered. It's Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. So we're still trying to figure out what exactly is going to happen when the next stimulus package is passed, but it looks like it will be passed. And But for the longest time, there was just a disagreement of how it should be passed, right? And for the Republicans to come in and say, there's way too much wasteful spending in this. We have to be more frugal, meaning that we have to only put into things that we actually need to get done, things that are necessary to fight COVID and help families. Maybe we shouldn't be looking at $300,000 a year household income to, to give payments to. Maybe we should be trying to narrow this down a little bit, and maybe we shouldn't do 1400 or 2000 or whatever it may be. So in walks Mitt Romney, who says, forget it. <laughs> Here I, here I come. Hold my Diet Coke. But actually, I don't think he drinks Diet Coke. I don't think Mormons do that. Senator Mitt Romney unveiled a proposal to provide monthly payments to families with children. So you know this. At the end of the year, and you may have already filed your taxes or in the midst of filing your taxes, and if you have kids, you have a, t a child tax credit. So he basically says, okay, maybe we try to rework this child tax credit. Um, because during the Trump administration, they doubled it from $1,000 to $2,000. That's what you would get as a child tax credit. It, it, it sounds like what he wants to do is forget that increase from before and wants to send out a monthly payment for your kids. If you have a child that's aged five or under, it would be $350 a month. And if you have a kid between the ages of six to 17, you would get $250 a month. So in my case, I have a six-year-old and a five-month-old, which means I would be eligible under Mitt Romney's plan for $600 a month. $600 a month. That's a lot of money. And it, the uh, offset of it would be the checks, credits, and things. But here's the kicker to this. Now, if you thought three hundred grand was a lot to give out for this last stimulus package, payments would phase out for single filers with income above two hundred thousand. If you're a married couple, they would give you the government six hundred dollars a month as long as your income is below four hundred thousand a year. So what kind of business are we getting into here? Are, we're in the business where the government of the United States looks at $400,000 a year and says, you need a little extra? What? Mitt Romney was one of the first Republican senators to come forward and say, we want to put together a stimulus plan that is more responsible. And I don't even know if he had individual stimulus money in the original proposal. He wanted a skinny bill of like $600 billion or whatever it was in order to try to help businesses and people and services and try to continue to help 
schools and whatnot. But then he comes in and says, okay, we're going to change this and offer this universal basic income if you got kids. And if you don't have kids, forget it. You don't need it. Come on now. Uh, This is just too much. We're just going around throwing money like crazy. It's just let's grab a, a handful of cash, throw it up in the air and watch the people just scatter to grab it. That's what the government is doing. And 400 grand. Do is this a bunch of rich people looking at us and saying, I don't know, is 400 grand a lot of money? <laughs> you know, when they have people like Bill Gates go on a talk show like on Ellen DeGeneres and they ask him, how much is a gallon of milk? And the answer is, I don't know, $12. <laughs> and they all laugh. They're like, oh, that's what a billionaire looks at. They don't understand. I don't know how much milk is. And that's how they look at us now. They're like, oh, 400000 You poor, poor souls. How in the world do you find living under 400000 a year as a married couple? We need to get you some more money. This is where we're at. I don't know if um, we should continue to talk money. I don't know if we should talk baseball. And I mentioned this with Dexter Fowler. It's kind of a bummer, you know, with Dexter Fowler going on his way out. He's, uh, I think, someone that was mostly liked for his uh, abilities on and off the field. It looks like the Cardinal said some nice things. said, we are extremely grateful for everything that Dexter has done for us over the past four years, both on and off the field. His genuous work in the uh, generous work in the community. Uh, he's on his way over to California to go play for the Angels. Don't have a player yet named, but future considerations. Um, I mean, we could talk baseball a little bit, too. You know what I was going to do tonight? I didn't really get a chance to do this early in the show. I have that baseball in St. Louis song, the old classic folk song that is, you know, we're talking baseball, but the St. Louis version, I thought. If we were to get one person that wanted to hear baseball talk, I was just going to lead into that. So I'll give that to you as an option. And Kevin Wheeler joined us right in the start of the show. It was really cool to have him on. These old promos of Cardinals baseball from 1987. I'm just going to play this again because I'm in the mood to do it. It's just nice to hear Jack Buck's voice again. And this is leading into spring training. It's unfortunate that we don't play the Mets on our very first spring training game on that Saturday. However, it's off by a day. It's so close because if that was the case, I would have just aired this promo over again. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Oh, Bear, get your man. Hold on. Hey, tune in the game. It's on KMOX. And I've been waiting for this moment. Swing and a fly ball should be caught by Willie. He fights the sun, and that's a winner. The Cardinals go to the series. <laughs> Feel the spirit of St. Louis. Baseball's back, and you can hear it this weekend. It's the Cards and the Mets, Saturday at noon on the Sports Voice of America, KMOX Radio. Man, it's just good to hear Jack Buck's voice again. I guess I really missed out on the era and the years when he was doing the games because you can sit back and listen to it, and it's going to be an end of an era after the season two with Mike Shannon uh, hanging up the headphones. And that's 
another end of an era. Look how many decades he spans, not only as a player, but leading into a broadcaster. It is truly remarkable, the legacy that we have here with the St. Louis Cardinals. And even hearing those old clips from Jack Buck, what a talented, amazing broadcaster, kind of once-in-a-generation type of sports broadcaster, and how lucky KMOX in St. Louis was to have him dedicate and keep his uh, and keep his base here in St. Louis all those years and keep us his home. Very lucky. It's amazing you think about it. All right, so uh, when we come back, I got a few other things I wanted to talk to. If you wanted to bring up the money situation or whatever you can, I saw this other story, too, about schools reopening in San Francisco. Apparently, they're going to be suing their own school districts to reopen classes. Here in St. Louis, a lot of different school districts are reevaluating what they're doing, and they want to get things open. They do. Some places don't. Depending on what district you are, you may have the school board saying we're not ready yet, even if the superintendent says yes. You may live in a place where the superintendent says, let's do it. We're getting things going and time to open her up. You might live in a place where it's already been open this whole time. But if anything, I am excited to think that most of the schools in this area are going to be finally opening if they were just doing virtual or not open to begin with. These kids need it. And Chicago's a mess. Um, it shouldn't be happening where the teachers unions are trying to play this game when the kids are sitting around thinking, man, when are we getting back? The parents are trying to figure this out. Same thing with San Francisco. They want to get their school districts open. Bloomberg even calling for it in New York. Get the schools open. Let's get this going. We're going to talk about that coming up after the break on Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Aldi presents the Road to Tampa. Coming at long, Tyree Kill holds it in at the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! A look back at the 2020 Chiefs as they run it back to Super Bowl 55 with Mitch Holtis, Danon Hughes, Josh Klingler, and Dan Israel exclusively on your home for Chiefs football. Hear it tomorrow night at 7 on your home for Chiefs football. King of OX. Welcome back. It's Overnight America. I am happy to see an email from Glenell who sent me another Cardinals promo. These are so fun to see these things. There's so many great promos that are out there, honestly, that have been saved. And I love the talking baseball song that has to do with St. Louis that we're going to have to do that sometime tonight, too. 314-436-7900. 
and just basically uh, getting ready for the season. If you missed our talk with Kevin Wheeler at the start of the show at 8 o'clock, you can get it on the radio.com rewind or just download the Overnight America podcast. And the question I had for him was, are we going to are we overhyping this season and the way the Arenado trade will impact the Cardinals? Because I get worried that what we'll do is overhype it. And then our expectations are so high, it becomes impossible to meet them. So what was Kevin Wheeler's response on that? So listen back to it. Let's go to the phone lines and Ed, welcome to overnight America. Thank you. Just a couple of things as you were talking about the schools this afternoon, I was in a restaurant and I heard someone say, well, I was with someone with COVID, but I didn't get any droplets on me. I, I stayed far enough away to not get droplets, and I almost dropped my my plate. Um, there is a lot of confusion still about how it is transmitted. There are people in the school systems on all sides who believe figures, don't believe figures, and don't know. So everybody's got to be cut a little bit of slack. It's I don't think it's black and white as to we don't want to go back or go back. I just think it's a very cloudy and confusing situation, you know, and what is the the division between uh, the distance and the in-person? I think if we were to even use our own schools in the districts as the case study, there's been kids going back to school. Have we had issues with them on the days they've been back or have we found a way for them to be responsibly back? I would argue that we've done it responsibly. And even when they look at some of these other districts, large ones like New York City, they trace back how people have contracted COVID and schools are a minuscule percentage of that. It's like way down the list to a point where the risk is very low. And I think statistically speaking, we've got it down pretty good. Yeah, the you're right. The the transmission from child to child appears to be almost nothing. So then maybe it's also getting to be okay, adult to child, child to adult, that, that kind of thing. And yet we see figures going up, you know, just when we see the state and uh, the state figures seem to be going up. So let's hope. I hope they get it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for calling. Yeah, I, I I, think with the statistics, we are actually at the point where I don't know how you can argue that it needs to stay closed for the rest of the year. I know that some school districts are looking at what they're going to do during the summer, the amount of school hours that were missed. Like, think about this. Going back just a few years, schools were arguing if you weren't in class for X amount of hours that you had to extend the school year. And it was mostly because of snow days and things like that. We have completely thrown that out the window. Have we even met half the amount of hours for a requirement? Probably not. And think about this, too, depending on what day your kid may have been going to school, if you're splitting between virtual and in-person, depending on how they trafficked all those things, maybe you had a lot less days than some that just happen to have a last name with a different letter at the front of it. And that has to be considered, too. And how bad is it going to be next year if the kids go back full time and they have only a half a year under their belt instead of a full year? How far behind are they going to be in the education I don't know if you can afford to keep them out any longer. And we've already had these statistics for a while. They should have been back a long time ago. We've been very cautious. And through our own experience, we've been able to tell that it is okay to send them back. And we should. And we shouldn't hesitate to go any longer. San Francisco is suing its own school district to reopen classes. I saw this over online, AP reporting it. 
dramatic step in an effort to get kids back into the school. The lawsuit is the first of its kind in California. The school system under increasing pressure from parents and politicians to end virtual learning. Uh, city attorneys say that they've been sued. Uh, it, the, suing them is a last resort to salvage what's left of an academic year. And I know that during the Biden administration, he said that he wants schools open, uh, what, uh, still... 90 days from now or something, basically at the very end of the school year, the kids will get there just early enough to have some cheap forced labor. We'll have them clean all their desks and sanitize things on the way out, much like a lot of you probably did on your last day of school. I remember the very last day of school was exactly the same thing every single year from kindergarten through eighth grade. Last day of the school, you carry your desk down the stairs outside and then the janitor hose down your desk. You put it out in the sun for to dry. You went back up in the room and you cleaned up everything. You got rid of everything that didn't need to be there. And then you got a little cup of ice cream and they gave you a wooden spoon and you went out and played until the end of the day. That was the last day of school, kindergarten through eighth grade. It was wonderful. I remember one time my mom picked me up after school and we saw a movie after. Great. Probably uh, fourth grade when that happened, it was an awesome day. Don't remember what movie it was. It was probably Adam's Family Values or something like that. But there we were, or a Disney movie or whatever. So I think that we're going to get the kids back with just enough time to give them the taste of school. And how do you even, why even bother? I mean, get them in sooner. And then you always, you already have the infrastructure in place if you have to pull it back. The infrastructure is there if they got to go virtual again and it's it's uh, not what you expected and you can't bring them back safely. But you got to try. You got to at least try like Michael Bloomberg over in uh, New York trying to get things rolling again. I think that what we're doing to poor kids is a disgrace. These poor kids are not in school. They will never recover from this. And they had a bad education experience anyways. We have not had good schools for poor kids. And this now is just so much worse. Um, the president has to stand up to the unions. The and teachers' say, unions? Teachers, yes, the teachers' unions. You know, the teachers say, well, I don't want to go back because it's dangerous. We have a lot of city and state and federal employees who run risks. That's part of the job. You run risks to help America, to help your state, to help your city, to help your family. And... Uh, there's just no reason not to have the schools open. Well, statistically speaking, if you want to talk about risks, the, the it's a low risk at this point. So I think that risk is going to stay flat the way it is low for years from now. So what do you anticipate trying to stay back for years at this point? And then a lot of the funding that we're seeing as part of the, the stimulus package, we're going to throw more money at schools, which the argument's already been brought up, that you have the regular school budget and you've already thrown exponentially uh, what uh, I forgot what the number was, billions and billions and billions on top of that already you've given to the schools. So why do you keep throwing that when you have the schools like Chicago that don't even want to get back open? What are they even going to do with that money? The White House was asked about this the other day. And again, the White House reporters, they are definitely they're asking some of these questions very politely. They put the kids gloves on during this administration. And then what you hear is that they'll stand up. And uh, Jen Paskey will say the answer, which is not an answer. It's a non-answer. And they, they don't, they just let it go. They don't care. I don't get it. All right. So here's when they were asked about uh, getting back in school. Michael Bloomberg said yesterday that it's time 
for President Biden to stand up and say that the kids are the most important thing and stand up to the teachers unions. If it comes down to a binary choice and there's no indication that, you know, the teachers union in Chicago or, or San Francisco are willing to budge at this point, if it comes down to a binary choice, who would the president choose, the kids or the teachers? Okay, so tell me in this answer if you know that they have a stance on this because it's very simple. Getting kids back in school, does the Biden administration think they should get back in school or should they stay back? What? Which way are you on? You got to know which one it's at. It's the White House. It's the administration. I, I think that's a little bit unfair how you pose that question. But I will say the president believes schools should be open. Teachers want schools to be open. Families want schools to be open. But we want to do it safely. And I'm not sure that any parent in this country would disagree with wanting their kids to go to school in a safe environment where there's ventilation, where proper precautions are taken, whether it's masks or social distancing. And that's his priority. Priority. But there should be no confusion. The president of the United States wants schools to open. He wants them to stay open. And that is key, too. He doesn't want them to be open for a month. That's disruptive for teachers, for students, for families. Uh, so he wants the uh, proper steps to be taken so that they can be reopen and stay uh, stay open. OK, so did you hear that? She says the president wants schools open. So that means, OK, open the schools. That's not what she said. She didn't say open the schools. She didn't say get kids back into the schools now. Said, oh, the, the president wants schools to reopen. Who doesn't want schools to reopen? Are we? Is it even on the table right now that we're going to keep schools closed indefinitely forever? How about until 2025? No, no one's saying that. Everyone says eventually we got to open the schools. The question is, open them now. Are you in favor of getting them open now? They didn't answer that question. Of course, the president's in favor of opening schools, but she didn't answer it. She just said, oh, yeah, wish you well, maybe eventually kind of. I don't know. No answer if it's now or later. And so, again, it sounds like an answer, but it's really not. Michael Bloomberg, for example, uh, a little bit more forceful. The uh, virtual classes are a joke. It is worse than a joke. Uh, poor people don't have iPads. They don't have uh, Wi-Fi. They don't have somebody at home to sit during the day and force the child to pay attention. And without that, the virtual learning just does not exist. And the teachers unions you see in Chicago uh, and in New York, we've had problems. Uh, it's time for Joe Biden to stand up and say the kids are the most important things, uh, important uh, uh, players here. And the teachers just are going to have to suck it up and stand up and provide an education. Otherwise, these kids have no chance whatsoever, Stephanie. It is a disaster what's happening to them. The kids have no chance. And that is where we are if we continue to hold them back. I, I feel like with my son in kindergarten at a very young age, he's not missing a lot. If your kid is in eighth grade or your kid is a senior in high school or you're over the age of, you know, 12 or 11 or 10, you're missing out on a ton. You're going to be a year behind unless you as a parent intervene directly to try to make sure they are at the right level. Otherwise, how many parents are just hands off and saying, hey, we'll let the iPad teach my kid. That never works. It's a problem. We got to we got to correct it. And Bloomberg is right on this thing. Uh, he was wrong when he ran for president, but he's right on this thing. 
and he's right. The Biden administration needs to be forceful and say, get those kids back now for the sake of the kids instead of this. Well, yeah, we want it. But, you know, we got we want to we want it safe, but we want it. But we don't know when. But I doesn't stop with that. All right. It's Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Looking at another story at KMOX.com, if you want to look at this, the MLBPA, the Players Association, avoids phone calls with the Biden administration, sensing pressure to delay the 2021 season. So if they want to try to push back baseball a little bit longer, what do you think they're going to do when it comes to schools? So MLB are saying that, uh, according to MLB insider Ken Rosenthal, that officials and senior Members with the Biden administration try to get a phone call together, possibly delaying the start of the season. So they're just not picking up a new phone. Who's this? (laughs) They're acting like it's a spam call. Oh, they're calling about my home warranty again. Better not answer it. (laughs) That's where it's at. So the MLB has held a strong line on wanting to get 162 games in, rejecting a proposal for 154 games. That would start at the end of April. So they're still trying to put that out there and do as much as they can. I think a lot of people are super eager to see the Cardinals get at it. Now, don't forget last year, the Cardinals had a long stretch of games where they missed because of COVID. And that was on the onset of COVID where they're still trying to figure it out. I don't know if they ever fully disclosed how that came about, if there was an origination or what exactly happened there. But still... It, 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 Cardinals made the playoffs. They have the expanded playoff. They've changed some rules. They're trying to adapt every way they can. I think that a lot of fans are excited for this year. So there's that going for it. Let's not push it back now. All right. And if it's not already hard enough for broadcast entities like KMOX, who have to live on the uncertainty of a day to day, not knowing if there's going to be a game that day or tomorrow. <laughs> can we just cut this out? The, the uncertainty, let baseball do its thing. It's figured it out. You know, NBA, NHL, they figured it out. Baseball's figured it out too. All right. Let's just do this. I, you know, I wanted to play this baseball in St. Louis song. It's been a little while since we've done it. And that baseball is right around the corner. I feel like this would be the opportunity to do it. Because why not? It's a Thursday night. What else we got going on? With a flash out of Fordham, they knocked in runs and scored them. The gas house gang was full of fight and nerve. The Redbirds were the rage, the wild horse of the Osage, and Paul and Dizzy were keeping them busy with heat and curves. Up talking baseball, Hornsby, Haynes, and Ripper, Cardinal baseball. Leo was the lipper, Ducky Country Red, Kurowski too. Slats, he had that golden club of blue. I'm talking baseball. Baseball in St. Louis. With that man, no one could match him. Mort Pitchin, Walker, catch him. St. Louis was another Cooperstown. Rookies of the year, Bill and Wally started here. Brock on the run, the Cardinals won and were pan and bound. I'm talking baseball. Javier and Carlton, Cardinal baseball. Billy White and Washburn, Boyer Grote and Kurt McCarver too. Cepeda was an MVP, it's true. 
I'm talking baseball, baseball in St. Louis. Now this town on the Mississippi is handy with the blues. And the king of beers is right at home where Gibson made the hitters moan. 17 went down in just one fall. Now Gibby's in the hall. The Cardinals have tradition, each year they have a mission to end up in the classic in the fall. New names join the old, another team unfolds. The cards look mighty, they're managed by Whitey, so let's play ball. I'm talking baseball. Vince Coleman's having fun. Cardinal baseball. McGee can hit and run. Clark Vance like and Tommy Tudor too. When Ozzie deals, the cards are coming through. Talking baseball, baseball in St. Louis. Talking baseball, baseball in St. Louis. The man, the man, the man. Cardinal baseball, baseball in St. Louis. The man, the man, the man. Well, Stanley Frank, it was in the bank. The man, the talking baseball. Baseball in St. Wow, a nice song. We're going to have to play that and bust that out a lot this season. Maybe after Cardinals wins, do we play that? Is that what we, uh, we should make our own tradition? Not a bad way to do it. Now, there's so many other Cardinal stories that are going down. In fact, you can actually go to KMOX.com and you can see that the Cardinals did announce a trade today. Dexter Fowler, he's going to be out heading to the Los Angeles Angels for a player to be named later and also cash considerations, which is some of these players that you've come to enjoy the last couple of years in respect. You think, man, that would have been fun to have them along for the ride. And you're really hoping that Molina comes back and you see these other reports of him getting talked to by other teams. And please don't go to Canada, Molina. Don't do it. Come back to the Cardinals. At least do it for a year. You know, this is going to be a fun year. You know that you want to be a part of the Cardinals this year. The Cardinals want you. Let's just hope it plays out that way. We only have one more hour of overnight America and Right after the break, I saw that there is an anonymous note going around in one neighborhood, not here in St. Louis, but still, if you haven't seen this one, it's on KMOX.com as well. And Kevin Klein's whole other stories about Super Bowl memories. All we'll get to in your calls next hour on Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.